0: For people living with diabetes, complications related to sight are some of the most feared. Luckily, doctors and scientists are looking at ways to improve on outcomes and help people with diabetes prevent or delay complications like diabetic retinopathy. I'm Krista Lam, and today on the Diabetes Canada podcast, I'm talking to Dr. Michael Brent, who is an associate professor in the Department of Ophthalmology and Vision Services at the University of Toronto and a clinician scientist with a specialty in diabetes and eye health. Welcome, Dr. Brent.
1: Thank you very much, Krista.
0: So first and foremost, if someone is listening and they don't understand what diabetic retinopathy is, can you explain?
1: Well, diabetic retinopathy is um, an eye disease caused by diabetes. Um, it's the leading cause of uh, severe vision loss or blindness uh, in working-age Canadians. Um, you know, with uh, uh, early intervention, uh, often uh, blindness can be prevented. So. Um, it's important for uh, people to, if they have diabetes, to, to get their eyes checked, for sure. Screening is very, very important. In terms of what the disease itself is, um, the, the word retinopathy, uh, the retina, is a tissue layer at the back of the eye. Light is focused onto that. Um, it comes through your pupil, uh, focused by the lens and onto the retina, sort of like how light would be focused onto the film in a camera. In your camera, and uh, it, if you have damage to the film in your camera, you don't get a good picture. If you have damage from diabetic from diabetes in your retina at the back of your eye, so diabetic retinopathy, then you may not see very well.
0: And this is something that affects people with both type one and type two. Yes. And so why is it so common in diabetes? Do we know or is that something that is still a little bit un- not understood in the, in the field?
1: Well, we know that uh, diabetes uh, affects the microvasculature, the, the very small blood vessels. And in the retina, there are a lot of very small blood vessels. The small blood vessels are what nourish the, the photoreceptors, the, the cells that you use to to um, capture the light and, and send the message to the brain. And so. High blood sugars actually damage the walls of the tiny or the small blood vessels, and as they get, as these walls get damaged, they become leaky, and as they leak, uh, the tissues swell, and then the tissues don't work so well. So, you know, diabetes is a, is a microvascular disease. So it affects affects the retina uh, because it is rich in microvasculature.
0: And so it's one of the things that I think of immediately is, so this is a reason for tight glucose control or being able to manage your blood sugars. Well, are there other things that people with diabetes could be thinking about?
1: Sure. I mean, there are what we call um, modifiable risk factors, and then there's non-modifiable risk factors. So, you know, in terms of a non-modifiable risk factor, duration of disease, for example, is uh, one of, you know, one of the... Causes or one of the um, issues that that, that cause the diabetes to progress, but other things such as blood sugar control, very important, blood pressure control, and uh, cholesterol as well. And we think probably smoking is not good for not good for your retinas also. Uh, in I don't diabetes.
0: think smoking is good for anything, mm-hmm. from what I hear. <laughs> And so you work with Diabetes Action Canada and a number of different organizations and you're helping to improve on screening for diabetic retinopathy because I know for some people it seems like an easy thing, to get your eyes checked regularly, get you know, go to the eye doctor, go to your doctor, but that's not something that's accessible to everybody. And so what are you guys sort of working on in terms of that?
1: So Diabetes Action Canada is a research network and we have, uh, it's multidisciplinary there. Is not just the eyes, uh, but that's where I'm involved as, as a co-lead in the retinopathy group, but there's also endocrinologists, cardiologists, uh, neurologists and um, IT people and uh, health cost economics and all that. So we're, we're looking at cost effective ways, we're looking at um, ways that we can improve screening for people with diabetes. Um, you know, there are many optometrists and many ophthalmologists across the country but despite that, about 50% of people living with diabetes are not getting their eyes screened. They're not getting a dilated retinal examination to um, see whether there is retinopathy present and whether it needs to be treated. And so we're working to develop a a screening program across Canada that makes it accessible to everyone. We found that there is low screening rates in large cities uh, uh, and also in remote uh, populations such as indigenous populations. We find that the screening rates are low in uh, younger people, um, recent immigrants, um, people of lower socioeconomic status, and there are barriers that sometimes are there to um, that, that get in the way with them being able to get screened. So we're trying to overcome some of those barriers. We've developed a screening program um, using uh, teleophthalmology, so uh, it's uh, using uh, mobile cameras that move around at the moment between community health centers and family health teams and we have technicians that will check the vision, check the pressure, looking for glaucoma, take taking photographs of the back of the eye and scans and then that gets sent through the internet to a secure server uh, here in Ontario, it's the Ontario Telemedicine Network and then I can remotely look at these images, grade the level of retinopathy, and be able to triage people to the proper level of care. So if they've got no retinopathy, it might be, you know, come on back for another screening in another year. Um, If they have something that can be managed by optometry or needs to be managed by optometry, for example, there's no retinopathy but the vision is poor, maybe, maybe some eyeglasses would be helpful, or maybe they have a cataract or something else where they need to see an ophthalmologist. So we can triage to the appropriate level of care. And we're hoping that we can um, reduce the number of unscreened people across Canada who are living with diabetes.
0: And so we talked about, you talked about barriers, and obviously, so living in Northern Ontario, not having access, things like that, those are going to be big barriers, and that would be very helped by the, the program. But one of the things that you mentioned was young people. And I wonder why we're seeing less um, young people getting screened. Have you seen any reason for that? or?
1: I think, um, you know, a lot of the young people um, are in, in the larger cities, um, they're very busy. I think that um, perhaps eye care is not at the top of their list. Uh, the uh, thing about diabetic retinopathy is it's, it's silent, it's, it, it, it progresses slowly and silently and you really don't notice anything wrong until it's quite advanced. And so then once it's advanced, it's harder to treat. And so, uh, perhaps, uh, with some of the younger people, um, you know, they, it's not gonna happen to them, and, uh, and, and so they don't come to get screened. But um, this is just what the statistics are showing. I'm not being judgmental. it's just what the stats show. And so we're trying to reach out there as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually a common thing for a lot of younger people who are living with diabetes, who, you know, the complications seem so far away or so unreal. And and that's the same, I think, with any chronic illness if you're young and and living with it. So I think that's really really interesting. And one of the things I wonder about is when you go to see your endocrinologist, is ophthalmology or your eye appointment something that you were reminded about at your endocrinology appointment? Is there communication between endocrinologists and ophthalmologists? Like, how does that work?
1: That works quite well. There there is communication between endocrinology and ophthalmology. It's quite uh, quite good. I I have found, my experience has been that um, endocrinologists uh, are quite aware of how important the complications are in the eyes. Um, I think uh, where there's a little bit of a disconnect, unfortunately, is with primary care. And so we're working hard to uh, raise awareness in primary care. In primary care, or the family doctors or the nurse practitioners, um, what tends to happen is they try to... um, maybe refer to ophthalmology, and it's a long wait because the ophthalmologists are often quite busy with, with actually the surgical part of, of eye care. Uh, and then they'll send to uh, say, okay, well, here's a list of, uh, of optometrists in the area, go, go and get your eyes checked. And, and so they feel that they've done their bit. Uh, optometry is not required to send a letter uh, back to the family doctor about what they found. And so there's a disconnect between um, uh, the patient, the primary care provider, uh, and the the optometrist. So the optometrist may know that everything is fine, but the family doctor doesn't know. So we are also working with optometry to try to close that loop, to to get um, a report back to the uh, primary care provider, get it into the electronic medical records, and um, and so that they can can know and be aware of of the level of retinopathy for
0: their patients. And that's a really good, like that's a point that I don't think everybody um, who is a patient listening might know, that if they go to their optometrist and they have a scan done that it doesn't necessarily get reported back to their physician. So is there something they can do? Can they ask the optometrist to give them a copy of the report to take to the physician? Is there any practical things that they could be doing?
1: I would recommend that they ask their optometrist to send a report to their family doctor. It's simple. I think that would probably very, be very good. Part of me, with our screening programs, the mobile screening programs, um, because it goes through the Ontario Telemedicine Network, it's all, um, uh, it connects up with the primary care providers as well, so any people that go through that screening program, there's automatically a letter sent to the primary care provider that can be entered into their electronic medical record. So we've taken care of that, We've taken and, and in terms of ophthalmology, ophthalmology is required. To send a letter and this is all you know this is health policy and so what we're trying to do part of what we're trying to do um, in Diabetes Action Canada is to effect health policy change health policy so that it's better for you know our patients better for people living with diabetes and uh, make it more efficient
0: yeah and if you're a patient and you're listening so these are really great takeaways is there something that you would recommend talking to your GP about because a lot of times you're only seeing your family doctor
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's awareness again. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're worried about, you know, oh, oh, you know, what about my eyes or I haven't had my eyes checked, talk to your family doctor and say, look, I, you know, I, I want to get my eyes checked. Can you send me either to an optometrist or to one of these screening programs or to an ophthalmologist? And even if it's a bit of a wait, I think it's, it, you know, it's important. Um, a lot of the uh, disease uh, uh, that happens in the eye from diabetes, a lot of it, if we get it early enough, we can prevent or avoid vision loss.
0: And that's really the name of the game. Yeah, and I think it would also be really great if, GPs, you know, if they're, you know, Talking to a patient with diabetes, ask the question: Have you had your eyes screened? And if so, um, where did you get that done? So we can get. Uh, can you ask them to send me the the uh, the results? Because I think that that would be a really interesting conversation to have from the GP side as well.
1: Absolutely, and you know, but but the GPs are they're, they're busy. Very busy. You know, I, this is uh, not a criticism of, of primary care, uh, but one of the uh, what, uh, one of the other projects that we have that we're working on is putting um, diabetic retinopathy screen. On the diabetes dashboard for the for their EMRs, a reminder as well, and uh, we're we're working in family health teams for, with reminders. And so, I'm not I'm not trying to make it sound like it's terrible. You asked how could it be better, and I think that uh, certainly if patients ask, uh, you know, their doctors. Uh, to send them for an eye exam, that would be helpful.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's something that we, we've talked about a lot because if you are a family doctor with a patient with diabetes, you are looking into foot care. You're looking into eye health. You are thinking about you know neuropathy, nephropathy, so many things that could be uh, considerations. And so it's just looking at, hey, if I'm a patient or if I'm a GP, is there anything I could do? And so I think reminders are a great option because mm-hmm. if it's right in front of you, it's a lot easier to remember in that long list. So. Right. And I always like to... Um, try and talk a little bit about what's happening in the field right now, because with every single area of diabetes care, there's a lot of strides being made in the research, and you've been involved for a long time in, in looking at some of these projects, and are there any that you're particularly excited about with diabetes retinopathy?
1: I'm excited about a lot of projects with diabetic <laughs> retinopathy, uh, you know, and, and there's different different approaches. So with Diabetes Action Canada, as I mentioned, it's um, affecting health policy change. Making it uh, easier to get access to retinopathy screening. Uh, as part of Diabetes Action Canada, we're also building a clinical trials network uh, so that people um, can, so we can, you know, answer some of the important questions about diabetic retinopathy and how we can make uh, make it better. Uh, you know, prevent prevent it or treat it better. Uh, I'm involved in uh, quite a number of clinical trials. That involve new drugs that are coming down the pipe, and we've had uh, really a renaissance uh, in the treatment of diabetic retinopathy in the last ten years. When I first was training um, back in the eighties, uh, uh, laser was brand new, and there were a lot of laser studies, and it was really our mainstay up until about ten years ago. And then there was uh, some new drugs that have been developed uh, that. Uh, uh, are doing a very good job at treating diabetic retinopathy. So with the laser treatment, it was basically to try to uh, prevent it from getting worse or prevent vision loss uh, with these uh, new drugs uh, that we're using. Um, Not only do we uh, prevent it from uh, getting worse, but in many cases, we can actually reverse vision loss, bring vision back for people. And so that's very exciting. And now, moving forward, we're looking at drugs that will last longer um, so that there's fewer treatments and um, that, that work better.
0: So it sounds like there's a lot on the uh, horizon, which is always a good place to uh, to tell, a good thing to tell people. Yeah,
1: and, and you know, I also want you to, to realize that um, it's not just what we do. Um, systemic Better systemic control is important, and as I said earlier, uh, you know, good blood sugar control is, is key. And so what's happening in endocrinology with the, the development of the artificial pancreas, which will, you know, help control sugar better, will ultimately help prevent progression, develop, development and progression of diabetic retinopathy. So, you know, we look at that systemically. Then I was talking just recently about some of these clinical trials that I'm doing, which are a lot of them are drug trials, but there's also advances in surgery. So if you get to the point where you need eye surgery for your diabetic retinopathy, it's also getting much better with better instrumentation um, and better, um, uh, better equipment.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal to see the, the changes that we've had in this particular area over the last you know, 20 years or so. It's been, it's been pretty incredible. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and for telling us a little bit more about this topic.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me, Krista. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you and thank you to everyone for listening if you'd like more information on diabetic retinopathy please visit diabetes.ca to find all the references they have available at diabetes canada if you have questions about this topic you can email info at diabetes.ca and as always if you enjoyed today's episode please be sure to subscribe so the show will always be in your podcast feed thanks for listening